my name is Kevin Cornelio, and my journey as a professional life coach, innovator, and dedicated family man, I continuously challenge myself to uncover new opportunities for purposeful actions that have a sincerely positive and lasting impact. In 2019, I experienced a sudden transformational realization that has changed my perspective forever. It helped me unlock true success, understanding, and fulfillment in all these areas of my life. In this podcast, I'm going to continuously examine that driving force, and with the help of some special guests, I'll share some expertise and different perspectives on the ways in which people can tap into that driving force. Come explore with us, and along the way, I believe you'll find some new ideas, thoughts, and opportunities that you can utilize to uncover new, impactful connections in your own life. If you just have a little faith. It's essential to have these roadblocks, these challenges along the way, and to experience darkness so that you can really experience the light. On today's episode, I'm speaking with Michael Trugman, who is a fellow life coach and self-proclaimed introvert. I was introduced to Mike through a mutual connection months ago, and we instantly connected in many ways. I came to learn that Mike underwent his own transformational experience in the last few years when he found a way to break through the internal and external barriers in his life and professional world in order to create a life with renewed sense of purpose and fulfillment. Now, he is dedicated to helping others, particularly other introverted men, to do the same. Mike is an incredibly thoughtful, insightful, and most importantly, kind-hearted guy, as you'll soon hear. These are just some of the reasons that he is someone I've already grown to respect and admire as a coach, speaker, human being, and today, someone I'm honored to have as my guest. So Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell the people who you are? Sure. I'll, I'll do the five minutes or less version, hopefully even less than that. I am a life coach by way of accountant, and I'll, I'll start with when I was younger. I was always a shyer, quieter, more introspective type. And I lamented those qualities as someone who was growing up as a male, I felt that I paid a lot of attention to what I was lacking. I paid attention to the fact that I wasn't more extroverted. I wasn't type A, I wasn't more confident, self-assured, all those types of qualities. And I was also very analytical and intelligent and uh, was praised for my, you know, the right brain or is it left brain, the more analytical side. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I went to college, I had an interest in psychology. I was always pretty fascinated by human behavior, but for many different reasons, I ended up in the business school at Binghamton University and Binghamton, the school of management there funnels a lot of people into the accounting program. It looks good for the school. It gives you the stable job and it aligned with a lot of the things that I, for many different reasons, like my upbringing, my parents, uh, it seemed like a good fit for me to be in accounting again, because I was really shy too. So I wanted to avoid public speaking. I wanted to have the stability, all that stuff. After a few years in accounting, I felt like I'm in the wrong place and wanted to do more self-discovery. And I ended up hiring a life coach and prototyping like, what is my ideal life look like? I was very frustrated by being a cog in the machine in a corporate company, doing something that I found not fulfilling at all. And in prototyping my ideal life, I want to help people overcome those obstacles that I've had to overcome for myself. That's really where my coaching practice is based, helping, helping people, typically men who are maybe on the quieter side, not outwardly confident, figure out what is their gift and how can they use that in a way that's in, of service in the world that's in alignment with what they want to do. That's awesome. And uh, I think a very effective synopsis of what was probably a long and an arduous journey with a lot, a lot of richness to it. <laughs> There's a lot of cracks in between there, but yeah, like, I, I hope I did a good job of keeping it at the five minutes or less version. For sure. Yeah. Nice and nice and succinct. I like it. So um, it's funny because, you know, each of the times we've talked and, and just in what you just described, 
um, as I'm listening, I just find so many similarities that I resonate with in terms of especially more more than the journey, but just the person you described yourself to be. And even, you know, analyzing yourself that way, I it sounds so similar to me to many of the things I've said about myself. And I think it's, you know, not surprising why we were connected the way we were. And then the conversations we've had since then, why we uh, seem to hit it off um, and have a lot to talk about. Yes. So I'm sure this will be an interesting conversation as well and, and definitely give us a lot to talk about. Not only do I uh, relate to a lot of things you said, but I know that going through experiences, being that type of person as I have, there's a lot that really goes on, you know, beyond just the surface level experiences, but under the surface and in that right brain, left brain, whichever brain, you know, whichever time, <laughs> there's a lot there to really uh, go more in depth with into the different layers of thought and analysis and, you know, philosophy, et cetera. I think a lot of that will feed into the conversation we have. Mm -hmm. And the more I've opened up about it, the more I've had conversations like the one that we're having now where other other men are saying, wow, I, I feel the same way. I thought I was alone in that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my intention with me opening up is it invites other people to then open up about themselves. For sure. And uh, yeah, and I love the approach that you're taking now with everything to kind of pay it forward and to try to reach out and, you know, or just put yourself out there. You know, it's not even reaching out specifically to someone sometimes, but putting yourself out there like this conversation, who knows who it's going to reach and when, but putting yourself out there, it will make connections, you know, with people or just touch people's lives in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am curious to hear just the first question off the top. So what is your definition of faith? I put a lot of thought into this one, and this is what I came up with. I have it written down here. Faith to me is an unwavering belief that everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not yet the end. I like that. I like that. It's, it's got a, an air of poetry to it. Well, I, I did steal it from, I forget his name. He was on a Tim Ferriss episode, but he said, remember that everything is going to be okay. And if it's not yet okay, it's not yet the end. And I thought that was apropos to tie in with faith. Yeah, for sure. So you connected that quote to your kind of initial definition that you had in mind. Yes. Just put a mm -hmm. little little poetic touch on it. Yes. Nice. I like that. So an un unwavering belief is a, a... I like that phrasing. And it's so... It's like a simple but powerful way to describe something like faith, which to me is one of, if not the most kind of simple and powerful concepts. I think that in order for you to take on anything that is outside of your current box or your comfort zone, there has to be faith that something is going to work out because mm -hmm. you are leaping into the uncertain. And that's, that's what life is, right? I mean, there's, there's really no certainty. If there is, then you're just staying in your little bubble and contradictory to what a lot of people think when you stay in your bubble, then it doesn't allow you to really experience life. So I think faith is, it's an essential thing, essential belief in order to experience life to its fullest. Now, when you describe it as this unwavering belief, I'm curious, like when I talk about the idea of, let's say, tests of faith, how much does that play in for you in terms of your definition and how much goes with it or goes against it, maybe? It's a nuanced question. I think that, I mean, I'll use my, my current venture, for example. I had a total of zero indicators that I would be a good coach in my, but that's not true. I, I'm, I was always a good listener. I was always a, a safe space for people. But I'll, maybe public speaking is a, is a better example. I had zero indicators that I would be a good public speaker in my life. But I had to start with a belief, an unwavering belief, that if I took a chance and practiced and kept putting myself out there, that eventually I would get really good at it. And even if I fell on my face, which I have many times, there has to be that belief that on the other end of that, you're going to grow and you're going to continue to get better. And even when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, the, the vision, the belief is going to outweigh all the obstacles that are in your way, because inevitably with any big undertaking, any big goal you have, you're going to have a million obstacles that pop up in your way. Yeah, for sure. And, um, 
I like the idea there and the imagery of the light at the end of the tunnel because to me that's where belief, that's what belief is to me is what kind of bridges that gap between where you are and what you can't see mm-hmm. to get to that light. Yes. And so another question that kind of follows up and ties into what we're just talking about because I really like that phrase again of talking about it as an unwavering belief, but when you describe a journey like yours, I think it's really tough to develop that belief or to have that belief, especially early on. So when you describe it as like unwavering, I guess what, here, here's one first thing to ask is like, what tells you that the belief is unwavering? It's unwavering in that whatever detours you need to take to get there, you're, you're willing to deal with those detours and, and look at them as not only detours, but they were challenges that were meant to be on your journey for wherever you're going. Like I'll give a, I don't, I don't really like to talk politics, but nobody really um, does, but we do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that I might be flirting in dangerous territory here, but I've heard people like Jay-Z have even said that there is a potential blessing in the fact that our country had to go through what we did with Donald Trump in that it highlighted a lot of things that were below the surface for people who were not conscious to it. And when Jay-Z talked about that, faith comes to mind for me, like faith in the process that as ugly as a lot of the past couple of years might have been in a lot of ways, on the other end of that, we're going to continue to grow. And that's how our country was founded, right? We, we had, we're celebrating Martin Luther King today. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that there was segregation, that black people and white people couldn't use the same bathroom. So the, the perspective that we're always constantly improving as a human race, it, that's like on the, I started with a smaller scale example for myself, but on the grand scale, there these things that are really ugly on the surface if you have faith that they're there for the reason, then there's always powerful ways that we can all grow together. Yeah, well put, well put. And when it, it's interesting when you describe with some good examples there, like these detours or these challenges that we face in life, like how necessary do you think or do you think it's necessary to have those detours or you know challenges or whatever you want to call them to actually be able to have faith or develop faith or grow your faith? How necessary do you think those are to the process? It's essential. There's, I don't know the story really well, but it, it's a guy that's at the casino and he, he just wishes that the odds would be completely stacked in his favor so he could win all the money. And he then plays, he, he starts winning every hand and every single hand, he's just winning all this money. And he eventually is like, I want to lose. Like, well, this is boring. Winning all the time is really boring. I need, I need some sort of challenge. And I feel a a more basic example would be like, if I'm 30 years old, if I were to play someone who was four years old in basketball, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's not a fun game. It's not, it's not a fair matchup. There's no real challenge there. Mm -hmm. So I think it's essential. It's essential to have these roadblocks, these challenges along the way and to experience darkness so that you can really experience the light. Well said. So you, th- you think if you're playing the four-year-old, it's not really going to give you any faith in your basketball playing abilities if you win that game? <laughs> it'll, it'll give me a, a fun couple of block shots and maybe a laugh or two. And then after, after 10 minutes, then uh, I'm going to be looking for the next activity. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean there. So I'm curious for you personally, like it seems like you have a, a thoughtful and kind of well-developed understanding of faith and in your life specifically, at least, and in general, how you perceive the concept. So I'm curious where that comes from for you. You know, I, I haven't really reflected enough on that question, but I would say from two places. One, I was really blessed to be raised by an amazing family. And I always had the security in my life to truly embody and know that everything was going to be okay in the end, that I was always loved and uh, heard. And I always felt like I mattered and my parents have a very loving relationship. So there is a faith with that type of security and it's a blessing. I, I don't uh, discount that. 
The other area where I've really kind of honed in on it more, and this is more for me on the like challenging myself to grow side instead of just the security and knowing that I'm love side is having like mentors and role models I look up to. There's, there's so many amazing people in the personal development space who, who share their powerful stories, who talk about the fact that they came from nothing and all they had was a vision of what they wanted and just were able, once they had that vision, were able to put a plan together and no matter, they wouldn't be stopped. They didn't have the connections at first. They didn't have the money. They might've been a minority. They might've been female. There's, there's just a whole wide array of people who have achieved not only personally, but they've done so in an advancement of the planet and humanity that I've seen enough of those stories where I just know if you have the right mindset about things, then it will get done. Like the, the world will put into place the things that need to happen if you're committed enough and have enough faith that it can happen. Yeah, so true. Before I go back to a couple other things you said there, on that last point, it's really interesting to see like when you act more on the belief that you're describing that the universe will put things in your favor when you act more on that belief and you push that belief further and further how it expands and grows in your life and it's just like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in the best way and it's hard to do and it's hard to believe in for many but like the more you do it the more it succeeds yeah and if if it becomes like unconditional is the word or non-circumstantial where Mm. something that outwardly feels like it's a quote-unquote bad event if you're able to quickly turn it around to i have no idea why this was good for me but i'm going to make this a positive event for me i'm Mm. going there's got to be some gift or lesson in this Mm -hmm. that's where like the real juice is and i'm really trying to hone in on that Mm. for myself like if i were to break my arm tomorrow what, how how quickly would I be able to see the the possible benefits of that? Yeah, that's a it's a powerful place to be in. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a total mindset thing, and you know, connecting from one coach to another on that, it's like that's a huge part of coaching is seeing the opportunity and the possible benefit in something where it might not be apparent or it might seem like there's none at all, and a lot of people stop on that and just focus on okay, well, there is no benefit. This is. Or they just don't even think about that as an idea. And to reframe that and, you know, kind of redirect that energy and that thought process to somewhere that could potentially even be positive. Even if you don't get to somewhere that's, you know, mind shattering, even that step in that direction is a huge, huge, it's a, it's really a skill that you're practicing and that we, you know, I know you and I and people who are in roles like we are do this all the time or as much as we can but anybody can do this and people do it without even realizing it sometimes who are just seen as optimists or, you know, positive people, but it's really an important skill. And the beautiful thing that you mentioned in in there is that it is a muscle that can be developed by any single person in the world. You don't have to be the smartest, the biggest, fastest, strongest, anything wittiest. You just need to be able to have the belief that it can happen and then live into that and know that it might be rocky in the beginning, but that's, it's happening for you. Yeah, absolutely. And like you're saying, having the belief there, like I say a lot of times, having a belief or having anything starts with trying to have it. Like it starts with effort. Right. Yeah. Um, so to go back to your initial answer to my question before, um, I like how you kind of set it up as these two, these two main areas are really groups of people in your life that are sources of, you know, kind of connecting you with this idea of faith. And you describe one, which is core, I know for me, and probably for many people, which is family. I think, you know, family means different things to everybody. And they look all different, uh, especially nowadays to people, all the modern families we have. But family, at the end of the day, whatever it means to you is a huge thing. And it's kind of um, thinking about that. And then comparison with the other group that you described, kind of these people who are like minded or you know, doing things that you are trying to do or want to do or, you know, point you in a direction that you want to go. I kind of think of it as this kind of on a linear scale here. You have this one group of people who are kind of your your backstop of support behind you, kind of pushing you forward. And then this other group of people that you're kind of reaching forward towards or with. 
And um, as you're kind of driving in this direction in life, as you know, we, we live life in somewhat of a linear fashion, kind of going forward into the future, it's like those people you know you could fall back on when things are hard or when you need a break or rest or whatever the case is, that's, that's your family and that's your foundation. And then you have, you know, those people in your life that help you reach forward and help you reach higher and, and help you grow and expand. And those are two really important contingent uh, aspects of any, any journey, but especially a successful journey, I would say, in life and in faith as much as anything else. I love the way that you thread that together. It's a, it's a really good insight, the, the combination of having the backstop and having the thing that you're striving towards. It's a, it's a good recipe for successful belief. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so in my experience. And the way you put it, without even talking about your successes in life, just the way you put that at the forefront of answering the question, you know, shows that recipe that you rely on for success. And where that connection comes from, you described uh, really relationships, groups of people. I think to me personally, people are one of the biggest things that connect me with, with faith or remind me of uh, how to be faithful and things like that. I mean, as human beings, I think that's a lot of our, our role and our opportunity for ourselves and each other is to be that reminder and be that connection for people. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to kind of flip it around here and shift gears in the other direction where it's like, all right, we're getting, you know, this kind of support from other groups like we described. How do you, Mike, in your life, how do you then in turn go out and use your experience, right, or your connections with faith to offer something to others? I think that's really largely what my coaching practice is about is helping build community around the the type of man and and boy that I was that I described where I think there's there are a lot of men out there right now who are their belief system is that they need to accumulate as much money status they need to provide and all the while, not complain, white knuckle it, keep your head down, don't talk about your feelings, don't talk about your anxieties, don't talk about your fears, lift your chin up, bootstrap it, and just keep clawing away until retirement, really. And it's a dangerous game. I mean, that's, that to me was a terrifying prospect And it's everyone is selling themselves short by doing that. So I really want to empower people and create the community, like I said, where it's okay to open up about the things that are eating at you. And it's okay to speak out the the dreams that you have, the vision you have, the insecurities that you have, and be able to lean on and ask for help. I have been so bad most of my life at asking for help. And that's a really big way to lean on, on faith as well. It's to trust that other people will be there for you if you just simply make the request for them to be there. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Another thing I relate to a lot is what you just described of having a real tough time asking for help throughout my life, even at a young age. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it's been so challenging to just ask for help? I'll speak from my personal experience. It's that I have trouble feeling like I'm burdening someone else. Mm -hmm. And I also, to amplify that, I like to get credit for doing things on my own. Like I, I enjoy the recognition of saying like, I figured all that out mm-hmm. by myself, didn't need the help. And it's very, it's ego driven on, on the one hand. And then it's also uh, like people pleaser mm. on the other hand. Totally get what you're talking about. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Like, and, and I think of so many examples in my life too, where that's so true that just doing something where it doesn't seem like you should even be able to do it alone. It's more satisfying almost because of that. It's like pushing yourself to go beyond where you need to. And that can get out of, out of whack. You know, it's challenging in, in many ways sometimes when you push yourself too far by yourself. It also, it feels glamorous in, in a way. Where the, like I think one of the stories that's perpetuated in our culture is the the lone wolf who like kind of showed everyone else and said like, no one, no one believed in me, mm-hmm. but I believed in me. And I just, I got there by myself. Yeah. That, that narrative has an element of like, it was, it was even more epic that they did it without anyone else yeah. being along for the ride. It's almost like the American dream. I feel like that's what our country is built on in so many ways. Like, and nobody thought I could do it. And you, you hear that all the time. Like 
I, I was watching. Um, do you ever watch that show Titan Games? I don't actually. It was. Uh, it's on NBC. It's like The Rock hosts this game show where it's an athletic reality competition. It's kind of built on all these individual athletes who are just really strong, you know, titans, so to speak, coming out and competing against each other in these random, you know, physical challenges to see who's, you know, stronger, faster, etc. And so they're doing these events and they give the backstories, which is always a nice part. You get to know a little bit about the, the person uh, who's competing. And so each of these people are telling these stories and most of them are these similar themed descriptions of, you know, at this point in my life, I had X, Y, and Z challenges and everybody was saying, no, you can't do it. And so I had to show them and I had to go above and beyond to show them. And here I am. And I feel like it's, it's, it makes me laugh because it's like everybody has these stories in different ways and in different places in their lives. And I can even think for myself, as much as I laugh at that, like where that internal drive sometimes comes out in like this area of life where I'm like, I want to do it by myself just because someone thinks I can't. And yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great motivating drive in a lot of ways. It is. And especially in competition. But it's also like, I, I feel like it's almost so overdone, especially in our society. It is. It's, it's, I think it's very overdone. And it, it could be very damaging to try and isolate yourself when there's, it's just, mm -hmm. what's the African proverb? It's, if you want to go far, go alone. If you want to go far faster, go together. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And you, you brought up a great word there, which is isolating. Like it is a, it is a really, and I had a, an experience a couple of years ago with this that I didn't even realize until I got so far into something, how much I was isolating myself from other people. You know, it's like you focus on doing something and I've been this way in a lot of areas with like health and fitness being one mm -hmm. example where yeah. not a lot of people around me in my life or in my, you know, close vicinity have taken the same approach necessarily to like health and fitness that I had. And so at certain points, it's, it's hard to do something like that when, you know, they, they talk a lot about when you want to do something, especially something really ambitious, surround yourself with like-minded people, right? And it's because it makes it easier for you to focus on that thing without having to like kind of block out the noise and like keep yourself mentally focused, which you described something before as like being draining when we're, or, you know, in a certain mindset or in a certain place. Like when you have to expend energy to focus on something, obviously it's draining to you. And when you're kind of drawing on the energy of people around you who have a similar focus, it lightens your load. And to me, this circles back to the idea of, like you said, asking for help or even just accepting help sometimes. I was always, to take it a step further, I don't know if you were like this, but I was that kid who instinctively, reflexively would say no when people offer things to me. Yep. So it's like, and even in that, to a certain point, like you're limiting your own capabilities by not accepting what somebody else is offering you because then you have to rely more on your own resources. It's, it's really funny. But I, I haven't thought of this story in a really long time, but it, this has been with me for real, like since I was a little kid, because I remember when I was, I must've been like six or even probably younger. I was getting ready for school and I was wearing jeans and I was running late. The bus was about to come and the, the zipper, you know, when the zipper and the jeans get stuck at, at the bottom and mm -hmm. like, you, you got to flip it out. Yep. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't get it out. And my, I think it was my mom. She helped, she helped me get it out and was ready to rush me to the bus and she did it. And I was like, no, I have to do it. So I put it, I put it back in so that I could get it out <laughs> myself and got there. I, I did make the bus, but I, I was so stubborn that yep. I needed to be the one to get it done. I would have like, I would have stopped at nothing to make sure that I did it. Yep. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it's not even about the thing it's about me doing the thing at that point mm -hmm. and it's like literally that's a that's such a great example and a, a kind of a metaphor for you know living life this way but like you could have just missed the bus out of sheer stubbornness and like you said before ego your little six-year-old ego being satisfied that i did it versus like that could have ruined your whole day you know over the small little thing uh -huh. but, yeah it's funny how we could probably go back and forth for a while of stories like that that just kind of <laughs> feed into that the ego is tricky. It really is. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I'm glad it kind of came into the conversation here. Uh, it's something I think about a lot and I'm actually, you know, writing and, and doing other stuff a lot about these days and just like kind of connecting everything in a way back to 
the ego and where it kind of steers us wrong when it flares up too much or in the wrong way in the wrong time. There's nothing wrong with, and obviously it's you know impossible not to have an ego, but it's so, I feel like, mismanaged. And what we were talking about with like our society, that competition, that ambition, and that drive to like let me see how far I can go by myself and to overachieve and overaccomplish. And it's just, it's all across, you know, different areas of our culture, the professional world even. Forget about, you know, athletics and everything else. It's like go bigger, go faster, go more. And it's that capitalist mindset, which, yes, leads to great achievement. Sure does. And it also leads to a lot of burnt out, stressed out, isolated people along the way. It's the ego. One way that I frame it is it's having a commitment to be right that outweighs your commitment to do what's best for what the moment calls for. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. So tying this back in here, like the idea of ego, where do you think that connects in relation to faith? Oh, that's a heavy one. I don't know if I have, I don't know if I have an answer for that one, Kevin. What would, what would your answer be to that question? I'm going to stall for time here. Yeah, feel free. Cause I, I, I agree with you. It is a big question and I don't, I don't have like a preconceived answer myself. So I would say that to me, there I don't think of really anything nowadays as like completely separate forces. I think everything has some type of relationship in it. So I would say that they're very far towards different ends of a spectrum in terms of what we were talking about, the ego as being more solitary and kind of isolating versus faith to me is more of more connected with the idea of, of sharing in some sense, some fashion or another. So I might set it up as this kind of dichotomy of like when you're relying on ego or or focusing on ego, when it's about the ego, it's very me-centric. And to me, having faith in almost any sense, maybe any sense, is about more than yourself. And I would take that even as far as to say like faith in myself, because I've talked about this a little bit and I think about it a lot as like faith can certainly apply. It can apply to a higher power. It can apply to other people. It can apply to yourself as well. And I think even having faith in yourself, to me, is separate and disparate from ego reliance. Because I think having true faith in yourself goes beyond just thinking of it as me doing this for the sake of me. I think it's what requires you to have faith in the first place is, I'm going to go back to something you talked about before, which is a great great thought and image here is kind of that light at the end of the tunnel where you're going through this dark tunnel to get to this this bright light so to speak and to me that represents taking a journey to go beyond yourself to go beyond where you are now and what you know what you're capable of so to speak and everything you've done already and to me that's where you leave the ego behind because i don't think the ego really comes at all from the future i think it it exists in the past and it exists in our present based on what we've done, what we know, what we have to this point in our life. And I think faith comes in in the future. So I think, again, it relates to maybe a time factor a little bit where like you have this timeline with ego is based on you and your past, where faith comes in to more guide you into the future. And the future to any of us is unknown. So I have no relationship with the future beyond anybody else, you know, and what they know about it. To dovetail off of that, what you said was really uh, beautifully said. And what came up for me as you were speaking was the ego likes to deal with certainty, mm-hmm. knowing what the outcome will be. Mm-hmm. And faith is being able to take, the, take that leap with uncertainty and still trust that it's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Really well put. Absolutely. You and gave it- me plenty of time to think about it. So to be fair. I try. I, I think I'm uh, one of my key attributes nowadays is just vamping and, and so <laughs> forth. So, and for forms like this, it's it's crucial. So, that's what I'm here for, right? And there's yeah. always the there's always the opportunity to edit later if we need to. So, cool. <laughs> but no, I think that came around to a, a good point. I agree with you. It's a good way of thinking of it of that certainty versus uncertainty. I don't think faith can really exist in the way we're talking about it in a certain situation. It wouldn't be necessary, really. Mm-hmm. And that's where the ego likes to live. Mm. Yeah. One of the distinctions that, I, you know, I was just talking about the, the workshop that I was at yesterday. One of the distinctions, which is also reminding me of ego, 
is that we like to have all of our ducks in a row before we take action. Mm-hmm. And faith requires that a lot of times your ducks are not in a row. Mm-hmm. And you're still, even though it's not perfect, it's not nearly what you would have in mind as like ready to be put out into the world. It's, it's still a good time, a lot of times to just go for it and then get the feedback from the action anyway. That's, mm-hmm. that's another version of faith. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it, to me, it reminds me of the idea of control, which is something that we yeah. all feel more comfortable with, is having control of something, mm-hmm. but you just can't. And the more you the more you dive into that and embrace the fact that you can't really ever have complete control, and you can't always have control to the point you want to, and it's the more you embrace that and dive into that idea of the unknown, like you said, just you know, take a leap or take a step of faith, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the more you really will grow and and see those positive results, I think. Kind of coming back to something you touched on a little bit before, the idea of being men like us at the, our, our age and our you know, background, what have you, and I think a lot of men in our society fit into this group is people who are not really encouraged to express the emotion that we have and tap into it and develop it. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I don't know if we've talked about it in terms of like, emotionality but to really um, have sensitivity and have emotion at play and and talked about openly in our lives and in what we do I, I don't think that's been really embraced a lot um, in the past I don't see it changing a whole lot in general but what are, what are your thoughts on that your experience it's it's vitally important that men become more integrated with sometimes being in the place of putting your head down and taking action and being more of the, you know, stereotypical male that we identify with that most people identify with. And in other contexts, it's important, especially in our spousal relationships to not just be problem solvers all the time and and think that when maybe our wife or girlfriend is upset, that we need to tell them that, you know, oh, it's okay, don't make a big deal about that or write it off as not a big deal. That's a typical male approach, I think. And I think one of the tools that we should develop as men is to be able to hold that safe space for whatever emotions are coming up and also be able to express them when they're within us. That's been one of the best changes that I've been able to make in the last few years is that I had a tendency to retreat inwards even more when I was hurt, like mm-hmm. to feel like I'm the only, I'm alone in my experience. And for me to express this would isolate me even more. And so I have to retreat even harder mm-hmm. where it's the complete opposite. And I think there's an awakening happening. I, I really do think that mm-hmm. the modern man is starting to realize that the the old paradigm isn't working and someone like the rock comes to mind for me as someone who outwardly looks like you know he's he's built and he's charismatic and he can go on stage and smile and he's got that big deep laugh and also i've seen the the sensitive side of him i've seen him really connect to his heart and just open up about Mm -hmm whether it's he's giving a gift to someone that he's inspired by, or if he's talking about his childhood traumas or that he came here, I think with, he had seven cents in his pocket one time and and he talked about the fear that he had around that. Uh, I really do believe that there are good role models out there for what men should be like and that there's an awakening in our consciousness that's happening. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I hope so in a lot of ways, and I have some faith in that. But this awakening that you describe, like, talk to me a little more more about that, and like where you see it, or why you think it might be happening now. Again, it, it's probably because of the the bubble that I surround myself in. But hmm. I I'm surrounded by a lot of committed men who who appear to be a certain way and deep down they're like, they're just love, you know, like all they want to do is create, uh, more joy and, uh, and happiness for all people in the world. And I've heard, I've heard like, you know, bodybuilders 
refer to themselves that way. Like, mm. well, I know that underneath all this, I'm just love. Like, all I am is someone who wants to create a, a, an abundant world of joy. And it's very easy to pay attention to where that's not evident. We, we won't get back into politics again. But if you pay enough attention, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of men who are trying to galvanize us and help us build a way forward. My coach is one of those men too. I, I'm working with a coach who really dives into the distinctions between uh, masculine, feminine, how a modern mm -hmm. man should show up. And he's trying to be like the mouthpiece for the good men out there because the good men need to be taking the forefront more than the, the ones who are bulldozing people and not listening and uh, have all the destructive behavior, which I'm really hoping that after Me Too and after having a president like we've had, that we are moving past. That I, I have faith that those things happen so that we could get past them and bring light to the, the really good men out there. Cool, yeah. And, and what you described there, I mean, I, I think about the idea of like uh, fear comes to mind really and I think that's a core reason why there is there has been such like a stunted growth in a way I'll say of the emotional side of men is like there's this fear I think you know not always not always just for for men themselves of like this fear of you know tapping into that emotion but I think there's almost a fear on the other side too of like like hearing what's beneath the surface or not knowing what to do with it I think in a lot of ways it comes back to what we talked about before with like the unknown. It's really just this this really unknown factor at a certain point. And when you describe this awakening that's kind of going on in whatever circles or in general, um, I think no matter what, an awakening is a, a great thing and a powerful thing, but also a really scary thing. And having gone through um, you know recent awakenings in <laughs> really every way possible myself that I could think of, like in terms of in depth emotion and thought and all these things there is a lot of great opportunity with it but there is a lot of fear and a lot of you know pain or anxiety that can go along with it too and so it's yeah it's a difficult process and I think it's something to be kind of handled carefully uh, is one way to put it but I think actually you described uh, a word here that I think works great which is integration I think it's like you know when I went through these these experiences in my life that I kind of um, had some epiphanies with on the whole grand scheme of things I was like really wow everything everything out there just at the end of the day like comes back to balance and that's to me a key element and ties right in with like you said in integrating these two sides of something like we ha we each have you know like you said masculine and feminine are great paradigms here where like we each have masculine and feminine parts to us whether you're male yeah. female or other we each have what they describe as masculine energy and feminine energy, and you can't exist without both. Not that I've right. seen, as a human being at least. Uh, and so it's it's balancing these forces, which are not necessarily opposing forces or competing forces, it's just these two forces that we have in different ways in different moments throughout our life. And here, even within the, the idea of emotion, like this, this core concept we're talking about here, there's masculine emotions, there's feminine emotions. And there's, you know, masculine logic and feminine logic, whatever you want to paint as the different categories here. But at the end of the day, whatever you label these things as, um, to me, again, it's about balancing the, you know, kind of fearful aspects of it or or the unknown factors. And then again, those those known factors are where you do have more of the feeling of, of control. We're stepping into what, what sounds to me like vulnerability, mm -hmm. which is... Be, being able to expose yourself in a way that you you don't feel a great certainty of how the other person might react to that. And it's something that you're, it's uncomfortable. There's a, a severe amount of discomfort in expressing it. And then on the other side of that is the freedom that you were really talking about where you, when you do this type of introspection, this type of work on yourself, it, it gets really, it can get really messy at first. You, and you aren't going to like what you see under the hood necessarily if you haven't been mm -hmm. peeking. But once you, once you work through what's under the hood, the, the freedom from that is hard to even articulate and put into words. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's true. It's probably beyond words at a certain point. Like, you get past being able to really understand, and that's kind of where the faith comes in, is, like, the conscious, practical understanding of things falls short of certain levels of experience and of feelings in life. You get, you really miss out on so many experiences if you try and reason your way throughout your entire life instead of just having the faith and the belief that yeah. it, it can happen you you couldn't possibly explain everything that's happening in your life so yeah. why not lean into that yeah no it doesn't work too well <laughs> and it's funny to it's funny to kind of to have this conversation in this setting and to literally have a conversation about it because what we're talking about again like at you can't go to the highest level in conversation with it you know like and there's something special about that like when you talk about emotion or you talk about faith or you talk about any experience you know it goes past a level of description at a certain point Mm -hmm. it always does and so there's only so much you can really share about it so to speak in you know verbal communication at least i think it was stephen king who said the the most powerful things that you need to say can't be said that's a that's a great quote very true very true and at least you know a little more to the imagination mm-hmm. but before we uh wrap up i feel like there are a couple really cool points there to just delve into a little bit more with this idea of diving into the unknown and, and growth and emotional struggle and the way you described it there was was really apt in terms of not knowing what you're going to see when you kind of peel back layers sometimes and being afraid of it to me like the way I think about that, because it's so true, and in, in some of my personal experience, um, you described one example before of like a spousal relationship. It doesn't get more intimate than that, and it can be the most challenging, but also the most rewarding, like everything else. Like the more stakes there are in something, the more the payoff. So when you think about like an intimate relationship with, you know, your spouse or your significant other, I'm also going to put in the example of yourself here. Because you don't need to be someone who's in a relationship or who wants that in their relationship right now, depending on where your relationship is, and that's fine. But the way you live your life, um, and this is, you know, I'm going to tie in here a quote that from many things, but I'll, I'll reference the source of The Matrix, one of my favorite, my actually my favorite movies of all time, where simply put, they say, know thyself. The most mm-hmm. impactful thing you can do in, in this life you know, in terms of influencing how you do everything you do is knowing yourself in the process. That allows you to be, words that we tie in that you mentioned, vulnerable, to be authentic. All that starts with knowing yourself and you can know yourself more by allowing yourself to experience more of that, you know, openly and vulnerable and uncertainly. And so when you talk about having, you know, a spousal relationship and really digging into the emotional back and forth um, you know, whether it's opening yourself up to a potential fight or to listening when you want to speak. I think of it a lot of times as like make the harder decision, make the thing that challenges you and scares you more. And in the long run, it's going to pay off more because you're going to grow more and learn more from it. And it's really hard to do. But even thinking about that in terms of your own self, your relationship with yourself or living your life, you know, even when you're in moments by yourself, it's really easy to just be lazy or to you know, take the easy road. And that's a lot of times where it's the most important not to because you prepare yourself better and help yourself grow and evolve for whatever comes next to deal with the uncertainty better if you do that, if you make the harder decision. Yeah, well, in in a lot of ways, a, a person's measure of success can be, or a person's success rather, can be measured by the number of difficult conversations that they're willing to have. And that includes conversations with yourself. Very true. Very true. Those are some of, if not the most important conversations that any of us probably have. They're the most important. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people have them out loud. Some people have them in their heads. Some people write in a journal, whatever you want to do. We all, we all feel crazy sometimes when we're doing it, no matter what, but you got to talk to yourself. If you don't want to talk to you, who else is going to want to? Everyone does, whether you want to or not. But that voice is always running in your head. True. Yeah. And there is a, a powerful and different experience to getting it out of your head and having it, whether it's literally out loud or writing writing something out, to have that conversation not inside your own mind, you know? 
I love doing both. They're both, they've both been instrumental to my growth. For sure. Getting it out of, get it out of your head. Yeah. Get out of your head. So to put a, a point on this, segueing from what you're just talking about there, um, thinking about, you know, your journey, which thank you for offering some of your journey here and describing some of your experience and what you've learned from it. Um, and so for you, Mike, like thinking about your own personal journey and your life and kind of looking back and, and thinking to where you are now without faith in your life, if you hadn't experienced the things you've experienced in your life, having faith, like where do you think you would be if you didn't have the faith? I would probably be alone is the short answer. I would probably my, to circle back to one of the distinctions I made before my commitment to being right and to being comfortable would have exceeded everything else in my life. Once I decided to put my head down and start doing my job in accounting, I would have said, eh, I'm too far along the path. I'm just going to keep doing this. In relationships, I probably would have closed off and wouldn't have been able to attract my amazing wife and been, been open to that experience. I just would have been, I would have closed off so many experiences. I, I wouldn't have been able to really live into some of the beauty that happens with spontaneity in life. And also that comes with having a vision that seems unattainable, but that, you know, ultimately if you have faith is possible. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in connecting with Mike or just learning more about him and the work he's doing through coaching, check out his website, miketrugman.com. That's M-I-K-E-T-R-U-G-M-A-N.com. Thanks for listening today. When you have a few seconds, please go to the podcast page on the site that you use to listen to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and give us a rating. Five stars would be great. Less stars would be less great. Most importantly, be honest. Either way, the feedback helps. And if you'd like to connect, learn more, or have the opportunity to explore further in the future, please click subscribe. And feel free to share the show with others. If you have any thoughts, questions, or interest in becoming a guest on the show, directly reach out to me by emailing kevin at findourtruenorth.com.